This is Neil Erwitz with the Center for a New American Security. We're here today with Harry Kresa and Hannah Suh talking about their new report, Fishing in Troubled Waters, Confronting Cyber Espionage Across the Pacific and the Strait of Taiwan. The piece focuses on China's cyber uh, attacks, shall we say, and their fishing. There's the pun. Thanks, Harry. Thanks, Hannah. Thank, Thank you. you. Um, so can you guys give me a broad overview of what the findings of the report are? Sure. So we've known for a long time that the United States and Taiwan are the perhaps uh, biggest targets of Chinese cyber espionage. Understandably so. The United States is uh, China's greatest geopolitical competitor, and China has long kept a close eye on Taiwan, which it views as a breakaway province. And uh, in American cyber research, uh, forensic specialists are becoming increasingly convinced that uh, Taiwan is an important testing ground for many of the hacks that are eventually turned against the United States. Uh, Taiwan has a similarly high-tech economy as the United States with uh, advanced services and manufacturing uh, defining much of their growth. And at, at the same time, uh, unlike the United States, Taiwan is a Chinese-speaking country and is in the same time zone as China. So this is a place where Chinese hackers are going to be able to uh, prototype and test their best exploits and hone them in a comfortable, forgiving environment before they turn them against the uh, the nicer, bigger target of U.S. Uh, agencies and firms. So prepping against AAA pitching before you hit the big leagues. <laughs> exactly. Um, so how has this, uh, how have the Chinese efforts manifested in recent history? Yeah, so there's a couple of notable hacks. Um, so as Harry mentioned, Taiwan serves as a testing ground for China. Uh, and so the sheer quantity of cyber hacks against Taiwan is pretty astounding. In 2013, the Taiwanese National Security Bureau detected 7.2 million hacking incidents. Um, and then even more recently, in the first half of 2015, the NSB itself was the target of 17,000 cyber attacks, which averages a total of 12 per day. So the sheer scale is astounding for Taiwan. In the US, you have the OPM hack, which was very notable. Uh, Chinese hackers stole records for 22.1 million people. Um, and then one that's a little bit less known, but I think is really important to cite, is a 2014 investigation by the SAS into US- The Senate Armed Services Committee. Yes, sorry, the US Senate Armed Services Committee. Uh, they investigated uh, US Transcom's ability to use civilian infrastructure to deploy US forces in time of crisis. So this is really significant because they found that Chinese hackers had infiltrated US airlines, tech companies, and contractors that would be involved in such a scenario. And uh, what's more troubling is the fact that Transcom was only aware of two of at least 20 successful ones. So that's only the successful ones. That's not even the broader sheer number that they tried before they were successful. So then the, the short of it is we have weaknesses and quite a few unknown unknowns. Yeah, Absolutely. I think that would be a great way to categorize it. Donald Rumsfeld, thanks you for the, <laughs> uh, for the positive reviews. Um, so how do we address this issue? Because it appears to be a very big and growing problem. Well, because Taiwan and the United States have these similar vulnerabilities, uh, we think that they should look for opportunities to develop similar collaborative solutions. And the upside here is that a lot of these uh, solutions would be 
relatively low visibility and so unlikely to cause uh, kind of direct political rocking of the boat in cross-strait relations. Uh, one of the, the best uh, examples would be closer bilateral engagement between the agencies focusing on cyber defense in both the United States and Taiwan. Uh, for the U.S., that's the Department of Homeland Security, and for Taiwan, uh, it is the Department of Cybersecurity. And the two could really benefit from collaborating on uh, what has worked for them in the past, examining each country's uh, white hat hacker recruitment programs. That's seeking hackers that will hack for the good guys and uh, find those exploits before they can be sold to the bad guys, uh, as well as bug bounty programs where uh, agencies will offer prizes to Joe Hacker who will be able to find uh, a vulnerability before anyone else does. So uh, what is the private sector's role in all of this? They're obviously getting hit the hardest by this. That's a great question. I think uh, that's a conversation that's currently being had between the private sector and federal government, and it's something that needs to continue. I think the private sector can provide the tools to the federal government that would combat against these cyber hacks, but as well, they need to uh, practice good cyber hygiene. So I think it's kind of a twofold uh, approach that the the private sector can have. So good good cyber hygiene, like don't click on links from strange email addresses. Yeah, that's a great one. <laughs> and the problem has been that. Uh, Taking the kinds of big steps and, and technological development that would make it easier to defend against cyber attacks has not always been uh, profitable for these companies. It doesn't make a ton of financial sense when even though uh, a company might lose tens of millions of records in a single cyber attack, the uh, cost of patching that, uh, patching that up and uh, paying for some uh, increased credit, credit score monitoring uh, pales in comparison to the large system restructuring that might be necessary to actually improve defense. They might also have to pay for a PR firm or two. <laughs> Indeed, but people's memories are short. Apparently. Um, so again, thank you guys. And the report is Fishing in Troubled Waters, Confronting Cyber Espionage Across the Pacific and the Strait of Taiwan by Harry Kresa and Hanessa. Thanks, thank guys. You. Thanks.